Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, Lord of mercy. All night, Sunday, Central. Follow me now. Say, say, I think it's the rolling hip-hop. Say, Jay Rolls is the rolling hip-hop. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Created for Marketers by Marketers podcast. My name is Billy Louisu, and we've been working hard to find marketing topics which will help you level up your skills, and that will blow your mind. Today is episode 11, and the topic we'll be covering is creating a brand. We'll be discussing everything from the logo, the products, services, and the people that make a brand successful. My guest for today is Sanjay Gill. Sanjay is the CEO of Pure Baby, Australia's premier organic cotton baby and toddler brand. He has a history of working in the retail industry and a master's in information systems. How are we doing, Sanjay? Hello, Billy, and uh, hello, listeners. It's really nice to be with you, Billy, and it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure and honor to be uh, recording this, uh, this podcast with you um, and great to be with you. Thank you for joining me, mate. I know it's a, it's a late night, whiskey in hand, and um, I've, uh, I've pulled you away from maybe Bachelors in Paradise or some or, or reality TV show that's probably playing in the background there, mate. And, uh, and in, in my case, it's my 12-year-old and a Japanese uh, manga animation and that's what <laughs> i watch every night with him oh, that's uh, amazing uh, while checking emails oh <laughs> good well thanks for joining me mate so the first question we dive into now today's topic right creating a brand i'm super excited to have you on but the first thing is music right so marketers and music what type of music do you listen to when you work um the come a bit old-fashioned when it comes to 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 music i like to listen to uh, indian um, classical music um don't know why it, part of it is nostalgia part of it is is relaxation and um it, you know the words uh the lyrics you can you can relate to so i would say uh, indian classical uh, music but not not very traditionally that there's some some good music out there yeah there is i spent a couple of uh couple of weeks in in mumbai and um in bangalore and delhi and uh the team there when i was there definitely took me around and i listened to some really good indian music no classical music but uh it definitely gets the party started yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of fusion pop fusion um, out there and, and some of those guys do a a good job. They do. They do. So mate, the, uh, I, I, this topic creating a brand, I, I really, before we jump into that, I want you to give us a brief introduction with about you and about what you do and why you think this topic is so fitting for you. Um, yeah. Thank you, Billy. My name is Sanjay Gill. I am a CEO and co-founder of um, Australia's premium or organic cotton baby wear brand, Pure Baby. I have a, a background in IT. Uh, started Pure Baby 17 years ago, but uh, technically straight after the birth of uh, of my uh, daughter, which we'll talk about, um, you know, in a little while later. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's me. I'm, you know, CEO, co-founder of Pure Baby, been with the business for 17 years now. 
Hey, you make it sound so easy. IT background, systems engineering, launching a baby baby clothing luxury brand. <laughs> it's uh, it's seriously a journey and uh, looking forward to diving into it. So I talk a lot about insights and, you know, an insight is typically what leads to an innovation or a launch of a business in your perspective. What was that insight that helped you guys launch your business? Um, look, as they say, a lot of uh, businesses or great businesses start with, you know, scratching with your own itch or uh, trying to fulfill a, a gap in the market that is you are the gap. So we had our daughter in, in 2000 and um, what the baby wear market is today, it was not like this uh, back in 2000. The market was dominated by uh, some very cheap basic imports and some uh, very high end, wouldn't even call them high end, very expensive uh, European uh, brands. So we, we saw, um, we had a need as parents wanting to dress our baby in uh, nice looking uh, things. I remember going and buying in year 2000, a $70 pair of leggings from a French brand, from a small boutique. And I came home as a very proud dad and I put it on her and she looked good in it for 10 minutes. And then once, you know, she did her business, we had to go back to the, to the cheap stuff. And, uh, and, and, and that uh, always stayed with me is that whatever we do, the brand has to be uh, affordable. So we're not the cheapest in the market, but we are uh, an affordable luxury um, baby wear brand. So to answer your question, uh, it was started when uh, having our own daughter, my wife was my wife Mirabai, who is our co-founder and creative director, uh, could not find something to to dress um, our daughter. And uh, because Mirabai has always grown up with uh, very wholesome values and organic food, uh, she could not bear to put our daughter into um, cheap clothing that was actually available in the market at the time. And as parents, we could not afford to uh, buy the, the more expensive brands. So it was uh, fulfilling not only a gap in the market, but also our own needs. Affordable luxury. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a market gap which exists in every retail vertical and you entered at the right time. And um, when we had our first child, we got gifted a whole heap of these beautiful white boxes and, I remember looking at them and thinking, geez, how much did this baby clothing cost? And it was all pure baby, um, really well decorated and beautiful. And I think one of the stories, Sanjay, was one of the first products that your wife and yourself launched was the, um, the grow suit, which yes. was around, the well, as a father or as a mother, trying to undo buttons at midnight when the baby's woken up screaming and to change a diaper is extremely challenging. So you guys invented a suit which had the, had the zip, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and not only the zip, we, uh, there's a, another story to it is uh, we, we came up with the idea of a zip, Mirabai came up with the idea of a zip grow suit. And uh, when uh, she was in India working on the design, one of the, um, we were uh, trying it on a baby. And the, the one of the factory uh, workers whose baby 
was uh, being used as the model said, oh, what if it hurts my baby's neck because of the zip? And uh, Mirabai and him worked together for the next few days and came up with the, the zip cover, which is now actually has become um, universal. Now, only if we could have trademarked it, but <laughs> I, would, I, I regard this as our gift to parents all over the world. Everyone's using it, but, yep. but Mirabai uh, actually invented it. So you're right. The zip grow suit was, uh, was created again as a very functional piece. You, 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 we've all changed nappies at 2 a.m. in the morning. The last thing you want to do is to be doing uh, 15 or 20 buttons. So zip up, zip down, the way to go. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Um, so when you launch a brand, right, you've got the inside, obviously, this is, this is the product. Then you have to think about the value proposition, right? What, are the, what is the value proposition that created the brand? So what are the core values that you've underpinned in the brand? Um, look, right from the beginning, uh, you know, the, the core value of the brand has been uh, beautifully organic and, 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 and it's not only a word we came up with, we actually uh, live and breathe that core brand value. Everything we do at Pure Baby from clothing to brand handwriting to our packaging has to be beautiful. Um, and organic means we do um, use uh, organic and natural fabrics in whatever we do. We try to reduce our impact on not only the, the community, uh, but the environment. So it has to be uh, aesthetically uh, pleasing, but at the same time comfortable uh, with core values of uh, organic attached to it. We came up with organic cotton baby clothing when organic was uh, not a very well-known word. I remember Mirabai used to walk into shops trying to sell the range, and the first thing would be, oh, it's, what is organic cotton? Now today, you know, it's like, oh, oh, I know what organic is, but back then it wasn't. So uh, aesthetically pleasing, functional baby clothing is, is what I would say the, the, the core value of the brand. Mate, a lot of brands have started from a very different set of core values and tried to find a way to reduce their carbon footprint or their, you know, on the earth and be organic. And you're one of few brands 16 years, 17 years ago, that started with the basis of being organic. So again, it was just a great insight of being comfortable one because organic cotton is extremely comfortable on the baby's skin, but also the effect that it has on the environment. So well done. The, 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 the value proposition then ties into the design, right? The look and feel of everything that the consumer or the market sees from the the logo to the visual language of how um stores uh and merchandise is 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 facing when you walk into one of your beautiful peel baby stores talk to me a little bit about that and the importance behind all the little details that you put into creating the brand and in particular maybe where the logo um look the the original logo um i i showed you uh, the original logo, um, it, it was designed by a very famous artist and it was meant to be quirky. It was like a bumpy road, pure baby. It was done as a bumpy road with the English nanny pram going over it. And um, um, we thought the, the, the logo was, was great, but as the brand became a commercial uh, success and we had uh, investors in the business, one of the first things was to what I would call 
corporatized the logo um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, we were like reluctant and say mm, uh, okay yeah sure and um, uh, lo and behold uh, a, a, an agency was signed and they came came up with the with the logo uh, and it he had a generic font with a, a rainbow coming out of it and for Mirabai and her uh, uh, you know, not only her, her aesthetic, uh, it was way too literal. And um, I've, 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 you know, in private, I've told you the story where we had to <laughs> literally dig our heels and say, well, that's not pure baby. And, and look, it, it, there, is, there is a very big, um, uh, you know, not necessarily a lesson, but the point here is uh, the brand has to be, from the very beginning, the brand has to know what it is and what it isn't. And we knew right from the beginning that we were not a brand that just does things in a, a very commercial uh, or just cartoony way. So that, that's, again, same aesthetic filters into our designs and our prints. You mm-hmm. will not find uh, a Mickey Mouse print or a, or a very generic truck on, on any of our, our garments. So, again, it all starts with you... Uh, realizing the potential of your brand first through the logo and then carrying that that um, aesthetic into whatever you do. Mm-hmm. You talked about you knowing what it wanted to be, right? You know, uh, Mirabai and yourself, you had your core values, you had the look and feel and you dug your heels in to make sure that regardless of investors or agencies and people who may have created some of the world's best brands, you, you knew what you wanted it to be. I think that's a really, really strong point is, don't let anybody else create the vision for you. You've got the vision, just get them to articulate it. <laughs> and you ended up getting that right now. You've got this, well, this beautiful brand, um, which if you look at the choice of colors, the choice of font, which correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that the P's and the B's have been created, uh, very, they're very baby like, um, and there have been original, original designs for the logo. Exactly. And, and that's, again, you know, um, cut the long story short, that's not what we ended up with that yeah, uh, agency logo that we did. So when Mirabha and I bought our business back in, in 2007, we never, um, you know, it was a minority stake that mm-hmm. we bought back. Uh, we first thing Mirabha did was, uh, was uh, to refresh, I would use the word, refresh uh, the logo. And, and I think we got the balance uh, right about it looking commercial but not looking um, just a generic font it is still very much a bespoke uh, mm. logo and uh, it has stood the test of time for 13 years now it has and you're right otherwise it becomes like everything else it becomes commoditized and you become just a brand in a sea of other brands all fighting for the same consumer so um, you, you, you knew what you wanted to stand for and you guys did that. And effectively the colors that you chose, all those natural colors, again, maps back to that beautifully organic tagline, which is why you picked uh, subtle, subtle colors. The architects who designed your store, how do you, how do you brief someone? You've got this brand, you've got this product. How do you brief someone of the experience you want a consumer to walk into when they walk into one of your pure baby outlets and stores? Um, yeah, look, again, it, it was quite an interesting experience because although we engaged uh, some very, uh, 
a very well-known architect known for, um, you know, the, the company's known for the aesthetic. They've designed some beautiful stores uh, with very uh, natural um, elements in it. But um, because maybe they were not parents or they've never designed a baby with shop before, what they came up with was, was very, um, what I would call uh, generic, you know, white walls, uh, basic fixtures and all that. And no sharp they, edges. No sharp edges. When you got babies. Exactly. Just... <laughs> Come <laughs> no on, guys. Edges. Exactly. And, uh, and, and then Mirabai, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say inspired them and encouraged them to bring some more natural uh, uh, elements in. And again, I will share with you one day what the original designs look like. But they were very much a white shop with white fixtures and all that. But we brought in the warm elements of the Oregon wood. And, and, and again, um, it created a really warm space. In fact, our, um, this is gonna sound very uh, funny to you, but our first uh, uh, store design, which was done in 2008, had a community space in the middle of mm. the, 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 the store where mothers could sit down, you could do um, story time, you could actually do uh, a small uh, class, and everyone laughed at it, said, are you crazy? Uh, Chadston <laughs> rents cash and carry. You, you don't want people hanging around in your shop. And uh, what's happening now? Everyone's talking about creating that uh, experiential store. Well, right. we were talking about that in, in 2008. Um, mm -hmm. Look, it will happen. Just, just making a point that sometimes an idea can be very ahead of its time. Uh, but I think that time has now come. Well, I don't, there's a reason why mothers groups and communities are created around parents and your, uh, your idea around creating that area where people can come in and conversate and share parenting stories and support each other as well as obviously maybe, you know, have a latte and purchase some, some, some peel baby goods is, was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Exactly. Look at Espresso. Yeah. You look at Apple, you look at Nike, you look at Kathmandu, all these brands are trying to figure out how they can take their values, their audience, bring that into their stores in some experiential gamified way that takes them and differentiates them from the competitor. And exactly. uh, it was, um, yeah, shame and, on you, and, uh, shame yeah. on you, Chadston. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and look, I mean, it is my belief that 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 is the future for for shopping centres. If shopping centres are to survive the the post COVID world, they have to become community centres. They're going to have to bring community elements into their centres. Gone are the days where families will spend their Saturday mornings and Sunday afternoons browsing around and around shops that's not going to happen but what may be the future for for these expensive shopping centers is to bring in those community elements and you know bringing in the the the, the council services the libraries the, the the mother's group and 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 they they should be encouraging brands who are either ahead of their time or still have a vision um, to do that sadly um that 
reality still hasn't sunk in. And I'm not taking a, 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 you know, a pot shot at the, the shopping centers. I think they already know <laughs> how much mm. trouble they're in. But <laughs> what I'm finding a bit disappointing is that, that everyone thinks that at some stage everything will be back to normal. Um, it won't be. And the brands, the, 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 the shopping centers that will survive will be not the one that went into the, the COVID-19. So the brands that will come out of the COVID-19 won't be the brands that went mm. in. Everyone's going to have to change and evolve. Yeah. Oh, you spot on. You look at any data that's pointing consumers to the way their behaviors are changing. You can really just look at a couple of key stats around the adoption of e-commerce and the rise of um, marketplaces for, for consumers shopping you know, people are so comfortable ordering groceries now that it's delivered to their front door. What's the value exchange for someone walking into a, a shopping center now? How do you, again, provide that value? And it's it's super interesting. We could talk for hours on that topic, Sanjay. And I, I'm sure and we can. <laughs> I think um, we can save that for another time, but it just, it it is really one of those things where we're in the midst of, if everyone, if everyone is listening to this and thinking, when did they record that? We're in the midst of a second wave here in Melbourne and um, we are all discussing around what's the new normal and how consumers are going to change post, post-COVID. post So it's good to see that you're already in that thinking and it wouldn't surprise me that you're ahead of the curve, Sanjay. That's always the, uh, the, way, I, the way I perceive our conversations. Mate, when, we talk about, um, when we talk about how people experience Pure Baby, Talk to me a little bit about the experience of buying a pure baby product. You know, we talk about affordable luxury. What is the, the, the experience you try and give your customers when they walk into a store, when they purchase one of your products? Um, look, again, it, it comes from acknowledgement that um, although, uh, you know, the buyer is uh, the mum uh, predominantly, there are also dad shoppers out there and grandparent shoppers out there. The, the, the consumer of our product is the baby. So we, we try to create a, a, you know, a product and an experience that is not only a product that is very um, comfortable and functional for the baby, um, the whole shopping experience is also uh, very nice and warm for the parents. We try to, as much as we can, in a shopping center environment, create a, a welcoming and, and, and a warm um, atmosphere in our stores um, from our packaging um, you know the beautiful white boxes is a, if a customer is is, is willing to um, do that uh, to how we uh, provide customer service in stores it's very much tailored for um, what we call um, carers and the the gift givers um, so the whole brand experience is um, I would say built around acknowledging that that there are some very special and sometimes uh, some very sad moments. Not every uh, birth uh, results uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a happy uh, experience. There are, there are some tragedies out there too. And we, we do uh, get people coming into the stores. And, and, and so our staff try to um, create an experience that is... Um, you know, tailored for, for the parents. And I wouldn't say, look, everyone who, you know, comes in, we, we, we 
tailor a solution for them that would be going too far but we do follow you know some of the basic principles of um acknowledging that people are looking for a, a comfortable product for their uh, for their babies people require um uh, knowledge and education mm -hmm. they, they 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 need advice and also uh you know sometimes people may be experiencing difficulties uh, after having had a birth and sometimes just just a chat uh, mm. and, and showing empathy and showing empathy is very very important um, mm. and and that all adds up to an experience that is not your typical cash and carry we have look what do i have and how much i'm discounting it's we try to create we try i'd say mm. we try to create a different experience progress yeah every time i've I've received a pure baby gift. Like I said earlier, it's that white box, the baby showers, clear signal, you know, brand identity. It's clear. It's pure baby. Um, you talk about the, you, you want to feel like you're surrounded by your village. So you've got a very set of emp empathetic employees. that really do want to understand your occasion. Um, and you break up your audience. Like you said, parents, or the gift givers. And it's really clear if you start asking a few questions, you know which way that you're swaying someone in store and you can guide people to the right solution. You've got a really good understanding of your customer base. The, the, the concept of how your, the brand plays a role in everything you do. You know, we talk about your values and then that, that translates obviously into hiring and services that you provide your customers and then communication. Can you talk to me a little bit about the services that Pure Baby also offers outside of the consumable products? Um, sure. Look, I mean, again, you know, as you and I have discussed many times, the brand started uh, with a vision uh, for helping uh, parents by providing uh, beautiful and, and, and functional um, product. So being helpful, is, is the, one of the core values. And although we don't purpose hire, when we are interviewing people, we do look for those helpful personalities, people who are giving, willing to go that um, extra mile, okay? People who are resourceful. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm personally, I, feel, I, I think I'm a very resourceful person. There's nothing is impossible for me, there is always a way to, to do things. And it doesn't mean cutting corners, but it means being resourceful. So I, I look for, um, you know, um, uh, one of the, the key uh, value is someone or personality traits, I would say, is being um, resourceful. We, we still regard ourselves uh, as a 17-year-old startup company. And a startup company uh, needs to have very resourceful people, people who can do multiple things at a time, still do them well, and are not frazzled if uh, one thing is asked of them and that they're not doing already or you know they can't multitask at all. Yeah, 17-year-old startup. That's a, um, that's a, look, I think today, if you're not in a startup mode, then you just can't innovate and can't constantly evolve. So, it's good to see you're still very much thinking around how people can be resourceful. You talk also about problem solving attitude. You know, you want multitaskers, you want people to wear multiple hats, you want people to bring solutions to the business. Um, 
collaborative and su- supportive uh, kind of environment. Um, the the services element that you you talk about, Sanjay, I know I've spent a lot of time with you understanding your business, but those businesses who don't just sell products, those businesses that sell a service or a workshop or something that gets consumers to engage with your brand and not necessarily always buy something. Talk to me a little bit about that because you've got a couple of workshops which you provide parenting, which is a great starter into anyone who's on that journey of parenthood. Yeah, no, look, again, you know, uh, being in business uh, after around around about 2012, we we realised that the way Australian retail was going was very much, look, what I have and look how much I'm discounting. And Mirabai came up with the idea that a brand has to be more than just offering, um, um, you know, their product. Uh, we also um, did some, I wouldn't say brainstorming, but Mirabai's idea was, look, we're all getting into a nuclear family. Uh, the intergenerational wisdom is not getting passed down. So how about starting uh, a, a workshop, we call them the nesting nesting workshops, where we invite um, carers as well as gift givers or, or new parents who are entering uh, you know, the journey of parenthood to come. And we don't tell you or tell the parents how to raise children, but we just give some very handy tips on bath time and how to swaddle the baby, what to take to the hospital. And look, as a, as a parent myself, I wish someone did that for me, that I went somewhere, you know, I know we all have attended the, the, the classes before birth, but they're more about birthing. I think there is a big gap in the market is what happens after the baby. So, you know, our whole healthcare system is very much towards, okay, you're having the baby, but a lot of parents tell me the second or third day after they've had the baby and they've been, sent home from um, the hospital is the hardest time in their life. They are now responsible for a baby in their car or in their house. And (laughs) there is very little that they know about. And I, I always use an example about if you want to drive a car, you have to go through a written exam or a, a, you know, an exam, uh, and then you have to do a driving test where is the test for having a baby? <laughs> so a lot of people... They don't exist. <laughs> exactly. And so a lot of people enter uh, uh, parenthood um, underprepared. And it's not their fault. It's the way our society is now. We don't have grandparents around all the time who will tell you uh, what to do. And Dr. Google can only provide um, if you look for it and there's no, um, you know... Uh, proactive service coming to you and saying, you should do this today. So our workshops just provide some very um, handy tips and and the feedback from our uh, people who attend those workshops. Now we have gone digital uh, with them and they are, they're very popular uh, is just making it a bit easier for parents. That's all we want to do. I think it's great. I think any brand who can figure out how to provide a, survey uh service which is some form of workshop to really you know that's that's the the audience that you're talking to is not just interested in buying a swaddle or buying a grow suit they want to know how to use it right and i remember all the classes we did when i was a new new dad was birthing classes it was all about 
you know, getting the baby out. <laughs> no one tells you what to do when the baby's out. Once the baby's out, yeah. And, 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 I remember looking at my baby, you're right, 72, 48 hours later when they find their voice and they find their lungs and they've woken up from their slumber and you're like, how do I get them to keep their hands <laughs> stopping from waking themselves up every morning? Or how do I, how, how do I, you know, change this nappy? How do I burp them? There's so many questions that you have. And yes, you've, the inside of we don't grow up in these in the same way that our families used to with parents or, you know, living in the same house or grandparents always there by your side to support you. A lot of us move countries now so freely that uh, it's great to see you bringing that to people. Thank you. And, and look, I mean, again, as a brand, our challenge is how not to become just a supply chain brand that you know knows how to design products and how to get them manufactured our challenge is to become and it is an ongoing challenge is to become a solutions driven brand i i i talk to my team all the time it's like whenever you're designing something think fashion later think function first think what problem you're solving for a parent and then design an aesthetic and play a part in that it first has to solve a problem and whether that problem is how does a baby sleep better and as we all know when a baby sleeps better parents sleep better when everyone <laughs> sleeps better it's a happy household that's right that's right such a great philosophy to have you start from designing around solving a problem not not the fashion sanjay another element that you're bringing to the business um is you talked about bringing them these workshops online, but you're also launching now a podcast for parents. Yes, we are. Uh, you've seen uh, my my post on on, on LinkedIn, and uh, yeah. So again, the idea was that we, I acknowledge as a CEO that we are not only living through uh, <clears throat> the the in, the you know the the tech revolution. We're also a part of an on-demand economy and in an on-demand economy when everyone wants products now or services like Netflix now, how can you be, um, you know, uh, doing your nesting workshops at a set time because people are just time poor. So we came up with the idea of um, converting some of our, and we'll expand on that, but converting some of our uh, nesting workshop content into, into a podcast again, we acknowledge that people are time poor and they want to access information at their own convenient time. So I'm very, very excited about um, our podcast, which is called Pure Parenthood, um, which will be if we will be launching uh, soon. And again, it's a great work by my team putting it together. You know, the the scripting, the work that goes into it is just amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's great. I'll attach it to the bottom of this uh, this podcast in the notes if anyone's interested. I think um, you're going to find on if you look in your analytics that the how to help my child sleep will probably get a lot of views between 12 a.m. and 9 a.m. Sandra, <laughs> and, and, and I hope I hope some of them do find it useful and and have some success success with it. That will be. A big, big, big. Um, I would say, uh, you know, a big tick uh, for the brand, but will be very proud moment for us. Yes, yes, and well done, mate. We're coming towards the end of the podcast. I've got two final questions for you. Uh, um, the, fir- the the first one is, 
what is one skill set or one skill that you think marketers need to take away based on everything we've discussed and things that you've learned over your career? What is that one skill set? I'll, I'll have to say um, empathy, okay? Again, um, um, empathy is not just a word. It's, it's, it's a brand value and it, it is, um, it's a part of our brand and, and our own uh, character. And I think uh, if you have empathy, you can understand your customer, uh, your uh, team members, okay? Um, and anyone you come in contact with, your suppliers, um, so the, I would say empathy. Yeah, it's a strong one. And it goes to show with you talking about solving a problem before, you know, first it's again, it's, it's all rooted in that same value of empathy. And the last one, buzzword bingo. What is your favorite buzzword <laughs> of 2020, mate? Uh, look, uh, my buzzword for, for 2020 is pivot. Um, and as I, as I mentioned to you, uh, uh, you know, earlier in the podcast that, uh, the brand, the pure baby that went into the COVID-19 crisis is not the brand that will come out of it. We are all, we all have to pivot, but some of us are having to pivot, uh, really, really fast. I've, I've touched basically in some personal conversations about, um, the importance of digital digital's always been very important for us but digital is now the uh, you know growth path for our business so i'll have to say it's uh it's it's pivot but mm. the pivoting is not only happening in uh, how we sell it's also happening in um, how our teams function how they collaborate uh, while working remotely which will be um, you know and, and rather than exception it will be the norm people will work remotely even if everything goes back to normal, don't know what the new normal would be, people mm. will still be saying, I don't want to come to work five days a week and brands will have to accept that. So mm. not only the pivot is happening in how we sell, it's also happening in how we work together, but also how we manufacture. It cannot be um, creating seasons anymore. It will be about creating moments. So again, brands will have to, uh, a, a change the way they design no longer will they be able to do six month productions and waiting for customers to buy they're going to have to sharpen they're going to have to shorten their production uh, life cycles or product life cycles to bring product quicker to the market so i'll say pivot thank you sanjay and i acknowledge and i completely relate to pivot i think you talk about the design digital people it's uh it's really important now to change and look in the mirror and figure out what we can do better and how we work with the times and the changes that are being thrown at us mate thank you so much uh that was really insightful it's really hard to believe that in the early 2000s when you, you know you had your daughter the simple idea of creating uh affordable luxury and beautifully organic clothing 17 years on has led to has created this cult of following a pure baby uh, children's wear and baby wear and um, everything you talk about proves how much you are constantly thinking of moving and, and changing with the times and with the business, even the way your logo has evolved um, from that bumpy pram to what it is now and 
the, and, and your designs of your clothing. It's truly inspiring and it's, uh, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. And it's great to know that you're an Australian brand and that you are always thinking ahead of the game. Oh, thank you, Billy. And look, we look forward to not only serving many, many, many uh, generations of new Australian parents and, and babies, but also um, doing that globally. We, we believe there is a, is a global uh, gap in the market and, uh, and um, we, we're really uh, very um, confident about, uh, about our future success in the global markets. Well, no better time than now, mate. Thank you very much. I'll let you get back to your afternoon and we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Billy. Bye.